Hey folks, welcome to the Aspire Natural Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Tim Gersmar. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating digestive issues, autoimmune disease, and other hard to treat cases. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you interesting and informative discussions and topics, whether that's with us or other experts and interesting people. Listen, we want to reach as many people as possible and help as many lives as we can. This podcast is and always will remain free of charge. So we'll bring you the expertise, but we do need your help. There are two simple things that you can do to help us in our efforts to reach as many people as possible. Whether this is your first podcast or one of many, if you found these podcasts helpful, please do two things. The first is share it with any friends or people you know who might find it valuable. Again, it's free. Please drop them a line and let them know about the podcast. The second thing, which is really important, is to please head on over to iTunes and give us preferably a five-star review. Whatever you think we're worth, we're striving here to produce a five-star podcast. And it would really help if you would take a minute to drop us a five-star review. That way, iTunes ranks us highly. Other people can see and hear about us, and we can succeed in spreading the message of how to be informed about your health and how to get some help. So please share this podcast with a friend, head on over to iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. All right? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, folks. It's Dr. Gersmar of Aspire Natural Health. I'm here today with Gil Butler of The Primal Chef. So Gil and I met a few years ago when he was hosting a super fun event. Uh, We had a Iron Chef-like show focused on paleo and primal cooking, and uh, I was there with... And I always get his name a little bit wrong here, but let me try Stefan Guillenet. Uh It's not Stephen. I know that for sure. So, hey, Stefan. Um, as well as Sarah Fragoso. And we all got to be judges on the panel. It was a lot of fun. Gil dropped off the map then for a little while. I know he had been running, you know, a really large uh, paleo group here in Seattle, which continues to this day. But he kind of disappeared for a while. Pop back up on the radar, and he is actually now, uh, let him tell the story, but a full-on chef, uh, worked in uh, some professional kitchens, and now going out on his own with the Primal Chef uh, cooking lessons, nutrition work, and being a personal chef. So, hey, Gil, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, hey, you know, I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I remember at the time you were hoping to see if uh, if that episode of it was the Primal Chef yes, was it at yeah, the time, Primal okay, Chef. if if it could get picked up. And I know you were working on you know professional editing and a lot of other expensive things at the time, and I sort of lost track of all. So, uh, just for a minute, what whatever happened with all that? Yeah. So the episodes got finished and they got mm-hmm. put on YouTube. They're oh, online for okay. free. Okay. Um, the the thing with it though is I was I was doing it ultra low budget mm-hmm. trying to do the best show I could sure. for virtually nothing sure um, so there there were some problems that prevented it from going farther than just the internet okay. audience and you know that's something that is on my radar for wanting wanting to do in the future but sure. Sure. right now that's that's such an expensive thing that I'm focusing on more short-term realistic goals right now awesome well we'll totally i'll I'll look it up and put the links then uh in the show notes so anybody who wants to see uh the fun we had can go check it out for sure for sure so what happened after that yeah so after that um i was in school Mm full-time um i had finished college but then i immediately decided i want to go to culinary school Mm -hmm. um, because around the time that we were doing the show i was also trying to host cooking classes Mm -hmm. doing paleo and i Mm -hmm. had a chef 
mm-hmm. um, who was in the show also, who was mm-hmm. in the instructor. Cool. He ended up moving away, and okay. rather than finding somebody else, I decided I would just learn how to do it myself. So nice. Went to culinary school, graduated, worked in a number of restaurants in the Seattle area, mm-hmm. and now I'm uh, full time trying to promote my business of Primal Chef, doing sure. nutrition work, and sure. uh, mainly cooking lessons and personal chef. Cool. Cool. Exciting stuff. So was it, you know, had you known from, you know, a young age you were going to go into into culinary school or was it kind of a spur of the moment? Uh, I, I know not spur, but I mean, yeah. was it kind of something that came on you and you decided you wanted to do or how, how did you get to that decision? Basically, since I was been a little child, I've had two career goals mm-hmm. and they're completely unrelated, but one of them was <laughs> chef. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So did you grow up in a house? You know, we talk a lot um in moving people away from the standard American diet, which uh-huh. I think everyone can agree, uh, no matter sort of whether you like paleo or don't like paleo, I think we all can agree that the standard American desi- diet is a disaster yes, of absolutely. a diet, basically, right? And that any significant change in people's eating habits is going to be based on the fact uh, that they take more control over their own cooking mm-hmm. right yes. they either that you know ideally uh we learn and there's a great show if anybody out there there's a great show by jamie oliver another uh popular chef where he had a um a mission of going into schools and trying to teach right. kids basically like what fruits and vegetables yeah. were and how to cook and there's this really um very eye-opening episode where he he's he took takes a bunch of young kids and he's showing them different fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and he's saying like what is this what is that and the kids are mainly just stumped like yeah. they don't even yep. know like what a tomato well a whole tomato looks like or even i think a couple kids don't even know what a potato is yep. like in actual real potato form so you know it goes back to the fact that to transform health, one of the things we have to do is to transform people's ability to cook real foods, you know? Um, And so did you grow up in a household where there, where where, was your mom or your dad? Was there a lot of cooking going on? Is that that how it bit you? No, I mean, there was a fair amount Uh uh, compared to a lot of people I know who, uh, especially people who I knew who grew up in other countries and and were kind of raised with their grandmother cooking and that sort of thing. I didn't have any of that experience. Okay. Uh So my, my house was very basic basic cooking mm-hmm. um and it wasn't really until i got into cooking that it kind of took it to the next level sure sure so how did you come into paleo in the primal world uh so it, that was this was a long time ago mm-hmm. um is when i it was actually when i was a kid i was doing taekwondo okay and uh i took a little break from the taekwondo school came back one day about a year later and mm-hmm. the taekwondo school was gone mm. and it was it had turned into a crossfit gym Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was uh-huh. at the time, it was Northwest CrossFit. It was, as far as I know, it was the first CrossFit gym in Seattle hmm. to start up mm-hmm. many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I already, it was the same people working there and stuff. They just decided to, to change to a new new sport. Interesting. And okay. so mm-hmm. I stayed for a class. It totally wrecked me. Um, <laughs> I started looking into it more. One of the instructors right. had a blog where he was writing about his nutrition. Uh-huh. Um, and he was, he had, was writing about paleo uh-huh. and i was coming from the background at that time where i was actually interested in nutrition in high school mm-hmm. but what i thought nutrition was was just not eating trans fat not eating high fructose corn syrup sure because around that time i was in high school that's when it was all in the news every day and they were talking about banning all those ingredients and right. so i thought i was doing pretty well and i saw this guy's blog where he was eating a ton of red meat every day and and i just thought this guy is crazy he's gonna die <laughs> and yep. uh and and what a lot of people have that same reaction when they hear about paleo but sure. 
the way I, I look at it is there's two ways you can go once you hear about that. Mm-hmm. You either dismiss it, say it's crap, and mm-hmm. keep eating whole grains and all the other stuff that we've learned is not good for you, or right. you do the research for yourself. Right. So rather than just, you know, in, in my mind, I thought it, what he was eating was bad for him, but I said, ah, oh, I'll go buy a book. Right. And I read the, the first paleo diet book by Lauren Cordain. Right. Mm-hmm. And it made a lot of sense to me. Nice. So I tried it for a week, yeah. and it made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> And then just kind of kept going from there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know uh, meetup groups and things are becoming more popular, and they're great ways for people to connect with one another. And you ended up putting together a quite large paleo group here in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did that come about? So I, I actually came across the group. Um, oh, okay. It was on meetup. It had just been around a couple months. It didn't have, I think it probably had less than 50 members, mm-hmm. and nobody was running events. Mm. And at that time, I was very motivated to try to get the word out. And so I started asking if I could host events. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon, I was the only one hosting them. They mm. made me an organizer. Nice. And then the other organizer left. So I became the head organizer. Right. And now the group has over 700 members in it. Nice. And I, I haven't personally done much with it in the mm-hmm. past few, well, years, sort mm-hmm. of. There's been another person who's been running events. Okay. But yeah. it still is the hub for how I like to reach out to people nice. when I have new services, cooking lessons, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I mm-hmm. can reach out to everybody mm-hmm. in the area who might be interested who's mm-hmm. in the group nice nice so you know the lessons to people out there like look if they're if those resources don't exist around you it's kind of as simple as just taking the lead yeah. getting out there and starting exactly. a meetup group yep. and uh, you know someone's got to do it that you know there the thing you learn is that there's a lot of people who are interested in these in, in many things right but most people it, because of their busy lives and everything else, they don't want to step up and they don't want to be the head of it. And if it's something, if if you know you have an itch that that no one is scratching, like just get out there and do it. Exactly. Right. Basically. And if you don't know, uh, Meetup dot com is free, and you can start Meetup groups. And it's you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. never been easier to reach out to people mm-hmm. uh, between that and social media these days. Mm-hmm. So for sure. So okay. So uh, tell us about culinary school a little bit. Obviously, you know, chefs have. Uh, if you read, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain have kind of gone from being uh, sort of the inv- an invisible profession of low prestige now mm-hmm. to having celebrity chefs, and a lot yep. of people know about them. And so. Tell, tell us a little bit about what was cooking school like. Uh, so, yeah, cooking school is, is definitely something you got to be prepared for. Mm. There were a lot of people, I, I'd say probably 50% at least drop out during the time. Okay. Um, and that's for several reasons. Sometimes the people are really young. They're mm-hmm. just out of high school. They're just, they're not really serious about it yet. They just sure. thought it'd be fun. Sure. Um, they end up you know, it ends up being too much for them. Right. On the other side, there's people who had, there was a, one guy who started in our class who had a full career at Boeing. He was retired and mm-hmm. then he's liked cooking. So he thought he'd take a cooking class and you quickly learn culinary school is not just a cooking class. Interesting. You're, so what's the difference? Um, well, so you're there, we are there four days a week mm-hmm. from around seven in the morning to four in the afternoon. Okay. Um, and then you have a ton of homework so a lot of people who don't know about culinary school, they just say, like, what's culinary, What's homework like? What, you right. just have to cook? And, like, right. no. We're learning about how to cook, but we're also being an expert on food. So we right. have, we're doing reports on cuisine in France and, mm. you know, different world techniques. Um, so there's a whole bunch. There's a whole textbook and mm-hmm. exam aspect of it that a lot of people aren't, aren't uh, realizing is, is there. Interesting. So there's all the hands-on stuff, but then there's a ton of lecture, ton of papers, homework, just like regular college. Sure, sure. And so, how long? Well, like, uh, how long is that kind of program? It's about two years. Okay. So it's it's uh, six, seven quarters, depending on if you want a certificate or associate's degree. Interesting. You can do one or the other okay. or both. Um, and yeah, it's it. The hardest part about it is most people who are 
roughly in their 20s or 30s starting mm-hmm. their career mm-hmm. uh, most people are going to school and then working at a restaurant mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. most restaurant jobs if, if if you have to be in school till four you're not starting work till after four which means you're not getting home until really late right so there were many times where i was going to work you know i'd get home at 11 then have to be back at school at seven mm-hmm. and then just doing that every day there was a period where Seven days a week, I was either at work, at school, or doing both. Mm. So it, it, it definitely burns you out really quick. And sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Definitely. I can see that. So obviously, so anyone out there uh, contemplating culinary school, just like like a lot of other professions, uh, you know, the, the schooling is rigorous mm-hmm. and, uh, yes, and and intensive yeah. and... Um, and not just uh, not not the same as just taking a little cooking class yes. and uh, yeah yeah that's cool. So um, how did uh, did you bring kind of your paleo or primal um, you know thoughts into the program? Were they well received or was it pretty much something you had to put on the back burner and and just focus on 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 what was taught? I mean, yeah. So I mean, obviously, there's there's times in culinary school where you get to do your own projects, write mm-hmm. your own menus for your own thing. And there mm-hmm. was definitely a paleo influence for everything I did. Mm-hmm. But I learned quickly learned it's not the place to try to, you know, to tell everybody about paleo and tell them everything else is bad for you. And because right. as soon as people just found out that I ate any different than them, for some reason, it, I got made fun of every day. <laughs> oh. And, you know, I didn't personally talk about paleo, but right. then somebody would be like, oh, Gil, you can't eat that, right? Uh, and then, you know, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're paleo. And yeah. so even if you try to be a little bit low key about it, <laughs> it's best to just kind of not bring it up at all. But what we did see is mm-hmm. um, I think this is probably a big difference from maybe five, ten years ago. But now in culinary school, there's a big emphasis, emphasis on gluten free stuff. Oh, cool. Things are marked. We run at right. the culinary school. We actually run two public restaurants. Oh, OK. That are open for lunch. Uh-huh. And we actually, mar- things are marked gluten free. It's It's very much more. Um, people are more aware of, of different dietary trends now. Cool. I was just going to ask that if you're seeing, because obviously, you know, awareness of celiac disease mm-hmm. and some of the other issues and more food allergies, both in, you know, kids and adults and things are yeah. more significant now. And I know, you know, thankfully, the attitudes are changing a lot. And so, I, you know, I know people have been ridiculed, like people who go into restaurants and they're ridiculed or the wait staff and the, the chefs, uh, you know, clearly don't take their, their needs or input uh, seriously. And, and people have had a lot of problems. But, it, you know, thankfully, it sounds like attitudes are changing. Yeah. And uh, if it start, you know, of course, it always starts with the new people coming into a field, right? right. So if the new chefs are being trained with more awareness and understanding uh, that it's not just crazy kooky people avoiding these, but that there really are legitimate reasons that, yeah, exactly. uh, you know, that's, that someone might need uh, to avoid certain foods or they might have these personal preferences and, and uh, you know, that that's awesome. Yes. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. So that that's cool. So uh, what was it like then? So you graduated and, uh-huh. and what's, what's it like getting out of culinary school and, and looking at your choices? What does yeah, that look like? It's kind of terrifying, to be honest. There was, <laughs> sure. there was a period where I got out. I was already working at a restaurant. Okay. Got out of school. It was kind of the restaurant I was working at. It was a great restaurant, but it was somewhere mm-hmm. where I was in my mind. It was a good job while I was in school, but then sure. I would move on right after. Sure. But there's that period, I think, when anybody graduates school where you're just kind of looking at your life and a little bit scared and don't know where to go. So sure. Sure. spent another almost, I'd say, eight months longer at the restaurant I was at. Mm-hmm. Just left about a month, month or two ago okay. to focus on this. Yeah. Um, what I what I did realize working in restaurants is that I don't really want to work in restaurants. Okay, sure. So it's much more rewarding for me to be doing my own thing. Right. Um, it, it's less stressful. I, I think the 
you know, part of the whole paleo approach other than dietary is lifestyle and mm-hmm. trying not to be under too much stress, trying to get a uh, good night's sleep every night right. and not be too super into shift work where, you know, it's going to throw off your whole system. So sure. restaurant work is not the healthiest um Sure. You know, a lot of, for a lot, I mean, I would imagine, right, generally a lot of late nights. Yes. Uh, late nights or early mornings. Or early, right. You're going to get one of them, one of the two. Right, right, right. And, um, and you know, very high stress situations, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if TV is to be believed, <laughs> uh, and maybe it isn't, right? Yeah. Uh, but it certainly seems like working the line is, you know, a very high pressure yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, situation. So cool. So what was the best part about working in restaurants? What did you enjoy the most? Um, I'd say the camaraderie. Nice. Just yeah. because you're working with the same people pretty much every day. They're mm-hmm. standing right next to you. Mm-hmm. If you're busy, they're busy. Mm-hmm. If they're busy, you're busy. Sure. So everyone sure. is just helping each other out. Nice. And I, I think that actually varies depending on where you work. There's some restaurants and, and corporate settings where everyone's stations are independent. Mm. I've heard some stories where people had it in their contracts that they were only going to work their station. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else was in the weeds and they were fine, then it was too bad for the other person mm, mm. but the places i've worked at is more people help out and nice. so that's kind of nice nice so you get a little bit of that if you will mm-hmm. a little bit of the tribal piece where people come together around a common mission yeah. and build bonds together and that that's always that's very cool um let's see i had a question in my mind and i think it just fled <laughs> so eh, we'll move on All so right. but um obviously you know a, a challenging health environment than uh, kind of like nursing or working in hospitals mm-hmm. or a lot of these other professions where the hours may be irregular the stress is high um not really can do and then you're very time pressured so i know i I've, at least i've heard that a lot of um you know, you, you may not have a chance to go to the bathroom. You may yep. not be not drinking enough water. You yep. may not be able to eat for a long time. You may not Very be true. able to. Yeah. So, oh, that's what I was going to ask. So on TV, right, you see a lot of these celebrity chefs, Gordon Ramsay and some of these other guys are always yelling and screaming at people uh-huh. all the time. It, I know you only have your experience, but is that just all for TV or are chefs like really a-hole some of them at least really a-holes like no, that and... it's definitely based on a true stories okay. so i mean okay. obviously gordon ramsay goes above and beyond anything because that's his job to do that sure i've never seen anything quite like hell's kitchen right. where it's just all of that right um but it there is definitely truth to that where depending on where you're working and kind of the night because you can have the most friendly chef in the world and then if there's a bad night mm. um and i saw it in culinary school too hmm. where there were times where it was kind of like that where you know, everybody was just silent and just being yelled at and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you'll work at some other places where that doesn't happen. Nice. So it really varies. Interesting. But. Interesting. I mean, it always seemed to me like, you know, that in any good organization, if there has to be a lot of yelling and screaming, it, it's more a sign of dysfunction in the, in the system mm-hmm. than, uh, than what's really needed to run yeah. effectively no I, and i, I mean? don't think it's necessary so. for chefs to be screaming at people but right. it's just something that happens and you got to be willing to take it or willing to quit so sure 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 to there. so does um so obviously a uh, career change for you here in the last uh-huh. month or two uh, looking for something more meaningful more healthy so mm-hmm. i think that's what a lot of us are pushing towards and if not i encourage people i know it's a it's a hard and scary shift to to jump out of necessarily the regular track for a profession, yeah. right? Um, it's a hard and scary uh, change to make to uh, to change from what might be, you know, uh, a salary or uh, an assured 
right. like wage to jump out and and be an entrepreneur and everything. But I know a lot of people these days are they're looking for more meaning. Um, for what they're doing to actually make a difference for people and then some more control over their lives and simply saying, Hey, uh, you know, unhealthy, uh, work environments and circumstances are, you know, we don't have to Mm -hmm. have to do that. So, uh, so what's the, you know, obviously those things, but what's the, what was the motivation to start up the primal chef? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been into nutrition. Mm -hmm. I've always been into cooking Mm -hmm. for quite some time, Mm -hmm. but what I, I kind of realized is I think a lot of where, the information out there is lacking is people people will see a nutritionist right they'll be told what to eat right but if they don't know how to prepare it then it's kind of useless right so you see a lot of people trying to make it work by going to eating deli food at whole foods or pcc and right. you know it's it's not the most exciting food I, I you know part of my my whole business philosophy is to make healthy food taste good right and to the point where you don't even know you're eating healthy food right so i part of my whole package deal that I'm working on releasing out mm-hmm. is if you are just somebody who knows nothing about nutrition, nothing about paleo, mm-hmm. you just know you need to make a change. Mm-hmm. You can get one service from me. And in that time, we're going to do a quick nutrition consultation. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a grocery store tour. I'm mm-hmm. going to show you around. We're going to check out what you have in your kitchen, both mm-hmm. pantry, as far as ingredients that should be thrown out. And then mm-hmm. also about cooking equipment. Nice. Because a lot of people don't know, have any idea what to buy. They pick up stuff at a, a, a thrift store. Sure. Um, so I'm, I go through all of that and then also give the cooking lesson to really show them uh, how they can make this realistic for them and for their family. Nice. And it comes with guides on what to buy for food, what to buy for cooking equipment. I got a whole Amazon shopping cart list that give to clients so mm-hmm. they can just, you know, and... So make it simple and straightforward for super them. Simple, yeah. Super simple, super straightforward and yeah. realistic for them. So do you feel for most people that, you know, there's a, there's a handful... So, I mean, I obviously... At least for some people, it feels very overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, if they have, you know, if their only cooking skills are microwaving and yes. maybe scrambling eggs, yeah. basically, uh, is all they've learned. And again, no shame or no blame on anybody, right? Uh, the reality is, though, unfortunately, in the past generation or two, we have, you know, lost a tremendous amount of our cooking knowledge just as regular everyday people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've outsourced a lot of our uh, those cooking duties, right, to corporations, uh-huh. to restaurants, to, to other people. And listen, I totally get it. Most of us are time crunched and we're stressed out. And the last thing we kind of want to do is come home from a long day at work, mm-hmm. have to break out food, chop it all up, prepare it and everything, then set it to cooking. And, and a lot of people get the idea because um, I think we see a lot of home cooked meals and healthy meals take a long time. I've had people right. come tell me that, you know, I'm spending like hours every day now mm-hmm. cooking food and oh my god, how am I going to like I, I you know, all these other parts of my life are kind of falling apart because I'm spending so much time in the kitchen prepping. Right. Um so, you know, are are you saying that there are we can cook healthily, we can cook tasty? And it, we don't have to have tons of equipment, all sorts of fancy pots, pans, knives, mm-hmm. and other special things, and take hours every day to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of look at it in a, in a couple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can either people when they're when when you're choosing what to eat, you can either make everything yourself. Mm-hmm. You can, and that's one end. You mm-hmm. can go out to eat and have it completely prepared for you. And mm-hmm. That's another end. Mm-hmm. Or in the middle there, there's another option. So. First, I would like it if, if you make everything yourself. Sure. And I can show you ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, part of one of my classes in my catalog is all about weekday, mm-hmm. nights, how to do stuff simple, nice. minimal equipment, mm-hmm. minimal mess, mm-hmm. and preferably doing everything in one pot because mm-hmm. that makes everything a lot easier. Sure. Um, and then giving tips on how to prep 
you know, on a Sunday night, you can do most of your knife work and cut everything up. Mm -hmm. So then on the night, all you have to do is cook it. Right. Or you could make a big batch of something on Sunday night and just reheat it. Right. But so that, that middle ground there I was talking about is just another option that a lot of people don't think of. When you go to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. they do have stuff that's already prepped, just not cooked. Mm -hmm. You can buy it. Now, it's going to cost more, but it's still going to cost less than eating out. Sure. Buy onions that are already chopped up. Buy carrots that are already sliced. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not the best option, but it might be worth worth checking out for some people who have a little bit of time, but they don't want to chop everything up. Get stuff that's prepped and then just make it. Right. Right. Well, there's a big piece here that that we talk about a lot with patients, and it's uh, it's not getting stuck on perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So, look, the the absolute best in a totally perfect world. Look, all your food would be local. Either you'd grow it yourself, or people around you would be growing the food. You'd right. get it fresh off the vine, freshly, you know, like freshly slaughtered. For everything would be super fresh. You'd consume it quickly, so it's at the peak of ripeness, mm-hmm. the peak of nutrition. You'd you know cook and prep everything yourself with love in your heart, so that uh, so that it's all ideal. Um, and then you'd leisurely sit down to a meal and you'd enjoy it with, right. in the company of great yes. you know friends and every. That's the perfect scenario, right? But. <laughs> You know, that's just not realistic uh, for 99% of us who are listening to this, right? And so it's not to let the, uh, not to engage in black and white thinking, not to either it's perfect or, you know, I'm I'm face down in a bag of McDonald's, like right. just, you know, th- those aren't the only options that we have available. Exactly. So uh, yes, to the ex- best extent you can, you know, source and buy the healthiest food. If you can build some relationships with farmers markets or local farmers mm-hmm. or regional farmers or anything like that if you can have csas um which are the community supported agricultures where uh, uh groups where you know uh y- you chip into the farm and they deliver uh boxes of produce uh, either to drop off points or local if you can you know you can buy half cows you can buy like all all of these things um, to the extent you can do that that's great I'm totally behind Gil here. What he says, like learning the basics, even just the basics. And, and, you know, they say that most people typically have about 10 meals, give or take uh, a few, that they're they're mostly eating on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So most people are going to rotate among you know, half a dozen to a dozen different meals. And mm-hmm. so if you can uh, figure those out or work with a professional like Gil to, to get kind of uh, that all set so you know what you need to buy, you know how to prep it, you know how to cook it, you know, for most people, most of the time, that that's going to be that kind of 80-20 where you, you get, you know, yeah. most of your stuff squared away yeah, and exactly. see tremendous benefits. Um, and then the idea of look if if the major roadblock that's holding you back uh, so certainly I can think of a few not knowing what to do so somebody like Gil can help you out mm-hmm. um, understanding the basics not having some basic tools can definitely hold you back because uh, you know like using dull knives or wrong knives or not mm-hmm. having some basic tools that you need uh, to prep food can turn it from an easy experience to a really freaking almost impossible thing to do right um and then you know if the idea of prepping food like you know peeling things and chopping things is usually some of the some of the biggest things that hold people back 
if you've got a little bit of extra disposable cash um, and it's available for you, then certainly you know get someone else to do some of that prep. Mm-hmm. And whether that's like I said, going to the store and buying cut up uh, vegetables and everything that's already been prepped for you, or getting the butcher to do a little trimming and mm-hmm. and prepping for you, or you know hiring somebody like Gil uh, to come in once in a while and help prep some things for you. Um, but if that's the, one of the major roadblocks that's holding people back from eating healthier, then certainly. Um, you know, take advantage of the resources that are Absolutely. out there for sure. And I'd say if, if you're going to buy one thing at the store that mm-hmm. would make your life a lot easier, mm-hmm. it would be pre-peeled garlic. Pre-peeled, yeah, def- I actually 100% <laughs> agree with that. It doesn't I'm- cost any more. Right. And it's it saves you a ton of time and frustration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know the you know slapping the garlic clove with the knife blade trick makes it easier to get the mm-hmm. paper off. But certainly, if you're looking for a recipe with more than a couple cloves of garlic in it, yeah. it's like, oh my god, yeah. to, you know. <laughs> so I'm 100 percent behind Gil on that one. You can get the you know the bags of pre-peeled garlic and everything, or um, or garlic and olive oil. Is that a, another good yeah, option? That's another option. Mark, okay. It, it limits you a little bit depending on because then you have to use it. I mean, if you weren't planning on putting oil in whatever you're doing, then Fair. it's already there. But yeah, you can buy those bags. Uh, I know Whole Foods sells little half pint containers that are like a dollar fifty, and they're just stuff full of, of peeled garlic. So nice, a lot of options. Nice, absolutely. So, are there a couple of common mistakes you find from you know in your experience and leading a meetup group and now starting to work with clients, uh, you know, individually in your own? Uh, uh, classes and, and services are there a couple of common mistakes that you, that are that you're finding that people are pretty universally making um well i'd say maybe just like you were saying not having the right equipment right because i mean if you have a dull knife you're gonna hate cooking right it's there's no way around that um people people cut themselves more with a, with a dull knife uh, when you're cutting an onion with a dull mm-hmm. knife you'll mm-hmm. cry more because it's tearing it apart instead of just slicing it clean interesting okay mm-hmm. good to know um so just kind of having and then I, i'd say the other thing is i've worked with some people who have these tiny cutting boards mm. and you chop up a half of an onion and all of a sudden it's overflowing on the counter right and just all those things those little little things make it more stressful for you sure so what i like to teach is have a big cutting board a mm-hmm. sharp knife mm-hmm and to keep, as you're working, stay so clean to the point where you're not getting stressed out and you're not having a whole bunch of clean them at the end of the, the end of the day. Sure, sure. And I think one pot cooking helps a lot as well, yes, right? So that yeah. uh, I know there's one thing like after, uh, so we've got Thanksgiving coming up mm-hmm. uh, and, and a little under a month here. And I know one of the things is always, uh, you know, the mountain of uh, of pots and pans yes. and things that, that come. And uh, it's cool to do once, once a couple times a year, once a couple times a year. But, uh, but you know, know if someone is thinking that that's what they're going to be facing every week or every Mm -hmm. day i think it it just it doesn't have to be that way exactly you know also put in a plug uh i'm a big fan of slow cookers or crock pots are also uh tremendously Mm -hmm. time effective for people um you can throw in a cheap cut of meat uh you can you know coarsely chop up some some different vegetables and throw Mm -hmm. them in and more or less uh, turn it on and when you head to work and by the time you come home you've got a, a meal yeah. And, uh, and if you make it big enough, uh, it can serve you for multiple days and everything. Yeah. Oh, and I sure. guess that brings up another thing mm. that I was thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. To eat healthy, yeah. you don't have to be making five-star meals every night. Right. You know, if you're throwing a dinner party, if it's a special event, if you have the time, if you enjoy if you legitimately enjoy cooking, right. then by all means do that. Right. But you can just throw some meat into a slow cooker with some vegetables, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. and a couple herbs and a couple spices. And nutrition-wise, it's going to be just as good as if you spent hours cooking. Right, right. Absolutely. So, you know, there, are, uh, like we said, there are multiple reasons 
to cook. Um, one is, you know, or, you know, to eat, right, to cook food. And obviously there are lavish, enjoyable meals um, that we spend more time and more effort on. And some people want to do that and some don't. And that's why we have restaurants and professional chefs mm-hmm. and, and people to prepare those foods for us. Um, but I think where where we've gotten in trouble is really outsourcing our just the average day-to-day cooking yes. to big corporations um, whose primary interest is not the healthfulness of the food, mm-hmm. but is that they can make a profit on it. So they're going to use the cheapest ingredients yep. that they can get away with uh, to make the most money, um, that it lasts a long time on the shelf, and that it looks reasonably appealing when mm-hmm. you pull it out of the package or box and at least has a taste that people have come to view as tasty yeah right which is built around salt fat and sugar mm-hmm. basically um and you know real healthy food is going to have a lot more subtle flavors going to have a lot more nutritional value and so not only are you by cooking more or engaging someone to really cook real food for you, are you going to get more nutrition out of your food? Um, you're also so that's a plus, but by also avoiding all the crap right. that's in a lot of the prepared food, you're going to get you're you're going to get the second health benefit of avoiding mm-hmm. a lot of those things for sure. So interesting days. So what does the future hold for you, Gil? Um, so just trying to get all of this going as a as a full time thing. Sure. Um, doing i have a lot of people who have been emailing me interested in cooking classes personal chef nice um so that sort of thing if if that's what you're looking for uh, i would encourage you to check out my website um i just i have a one of my biggest clients right now Mm -hmm. is a place called 40 years of zen Mm. and it's a company owned by dave asprey of bulletproof oh interesting yeah so um and the bulletproof diet's a little different than paleo but it's it's pretty close so i'm i'm basically uh, on the weeks that I'm I'm there, mm-hmm. it's a full time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have availability on off weeks and on weekends. So nice. I encourage people to check out my website and and uh, and really, if if you stop eating out every meal of the day, mm-hmm. you'll be surprised how much money you have left over where you could be putting that towards healthy food. And then if you need help having me come over and, and help you for Absolutely. making some meals. Absolutely. Well, I think you have a couple choices. What we recommend here is that as much as possible, people educate themselves and become as independent as they're able to. So for a lot of people, like Gil was saying, some you know handful of classes, investing in some good, solid, basic equipment, and learning a handful of recipes is going to carry a lot of people over mm-hmm. uh, for. Uh, for a big chunk of their eating mm-hmm. and, you know, is true preventative medicine because it'll have huge effects that ripple down through, you know, not only how people are feeling just within a short period of time, but what happens 5, 10, 20 or more exactly. years down the road. And then, of course, you know, if you're in a place where you need more help, uh, you can certainly, you know, uh, uh, have someone like Gil come in and help with more of the actual day to day prep and and things that are going on as well, right? Yeah, and I and I would say if you're going to take one class for mm-hmm. me, and that's mm-hmm. the only class, mm-hmm. take a knife skills class because once you learn how to properly use your knife, how to mm-hmm. properly keep it sharp, mm-hmm. and how to do some basic cuts, it makes everything so much less stressful, and you'll be able to cook the same meal that took you an hour. You'll be able to cook it in twenty minutes. Um, if you really like cooking, I have mm-hmm. classes that are focusing on different cuisines within paleo. So I have a, a class that's all Cuban and Caribbean food. That's all paleo. Interesting. Um, there's Italian. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are more themed 
themed ones. I've I've done classes for birthday parties and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you really just need the very basics, come take a knife skills class. Mm-hmm. Learn how to use your knife properly, and you'll be amazed at what you can do. Nice. Nice. So are you pretty much um, focused on paleo-inspired or paleo-themed kind of work? So obviously, just if someone's a vegetarian, uh, if they have some other uh, type of uh, uh, um, dietary restrictions or regimens, is are, would they be a good fit for you, or are they going to need to look elsewhere? Uh, no, I mean, it, it depends on what, what they're eating. Every, there's so many sure. diets out there that, sure. you know, there's ones that I... Haven't even heard of, I'm sure. Sure. But uh, if, if you're somewhere in the line of liking to eat gluten-free, mm-hmm. mostly dairy-free, mm-hmm. either low-carb or good carbs, paleo-primal, bulletproof, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. I can help you. Okay, I'm not cool. gonna I'm not going to come show you how to make pizza dough in your, in your kitchen, <laughs> but if you want to learn how to make good, healthy food, then I'm sure we can figure something out. Nice, nice. Okay, and so where are they going to find, if people want to look you up, where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so you can find my website. It's theprimalchef.com. Mm-hmm. I'm um, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Primal Chef. Okay. Uh, I got an Instagram page, but basically just go to my website. All the information's on there. Nice, nice. And you'll have lists of your... So are you doing cooking classes in, in Seattle proper or where... where? Yeah, so right now there are private classes at people's homes. Okay. I'm um, okay. looking into hopefully doing some public group classes okay. uh, early next year. But nice. It's always a, it's always tricky figuring out venues and, and that I sort of thing. Totally understand. Yeah, uh, certainly we'll have to talk more because we've we've always thought about uh, what would be involved in you know getting a, some group classes together on cooking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Gil and I will we'll be looking, talking, and discussing, looking into that, see if we can make something like that happen in the future. Because definitely, if you know, there's one thing I think that people could do that would have the single biggest impact on their health and quite possibly on the health of their kids. It's learning to do some more, you know, whole foods-based cooking in mm-hmm, their absolutely. home. Yeah. You know, single thing. So if you're spending money on tons of supplements, um, and, and there's nothing against supplements, they have their time and their place, and, and that's all good. But if the majority of your money is going towards supplements, um, gadgets, and other things, I would urge you, at least for a period of time, scale back on that, Invest some time, some energy, and some money on making sure that you and your family have some good, basic cooking skills. Let me ask one more thing, Gil. Mm-hmm. Uh, working, uh, would you be up for teaching kids and stuff too? If people want their uh, want to show their kids how to cook, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that everything. Could be another possibility, just like uh, when working out, everything's yep. scalable. Yep. So. Uh, if, if you're a beginner, if you're young, if you're old, it doesn't matter. We can yeah. work with you and teach you something. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I'd encourage to, you know, so much. And I know I think of my kids as well. And, you know, equipping them with some basic skills so that I, I know uh, – my wife, when I met her uh, and we were in college, uh, her tagline was that she was a microwave chef extraordinaire, mm-hmm. I remember. And, you know, no, no blame or shame anywhere, but certainly, you know, a lot of people just come out and they just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, they hit college and it's uh, it's all, you know, takeout food and yeah. cafeteria food and dorm food, which is basically microwave or yeah. uh, hot plate ramen, <laughs> you and know. I, and I remember yeah. my years and years and years ago, my first time as a mm-hmm. child, I remember cooking. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make Easy Mac, the, mm-hmm. the microwavable mi- macaroni and cheese, uh-huh. yep. and I messed it up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And now I'm a chef. So <laughs> to never be discouraged, I get people emailing me who are worried that they don't know anything about cooking, so they're not sure if 
you know, right. if, if a class will be too advanced for them. Right. But really, I would love it if you had never picked up a knife before, because then I can show you the right way. Right. And uh, you can really see some progress. Absolutely. All right, folks. So again, if there's one single thing you can do, it's we encourage you, you know, pick up some basic cooking skills and take it into your life. It's a, the fast track way to lose some weight. Uh, to feel better um, and any you know health problems that people are having diet is a foundational piece that needs to be addressed you know in in my practice I experienced that you know 80 to 90 percent of the people who come to me with a whole host of health conditions all different kinds find at least some benefit from making changes to their diet, cleaning up their diet, getting the junk and the garbage out of their diet some people you know it's been so far we've seen people, take really serious diseases into remission so that they, by changing their diet alone. Mm -hmm. Other people, we've seen that they're just healthier, they feel better, their energy levels are better, they drop some weight, some aches and pains go away, and they're just happier, healthier people. So definitely, while, while food won't solve everything, it certainly is involved in almost everything absolutely all right man gil so check out gil butler at theprimalchef.com you can see him for cooking lessons uh cooking classes um and hire him as a personal chef right now one-on-one work uh in the future looking at doing some more public classes for people Mm -hmm. as well all right gil any last words before we sign off today uh buy peeled garlic (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so the one thing to take away yes don't waste your time uh with with garlic on the clove unless you really love garlic that way or something so all right gil take care we'll talk to you in the future all right sounds good thank you Uh All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as in A-S-P-I-R-E, naturalhealth.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aspirenaturalhealth, or check out our library of videos over at YouTube. Just go over to YouTube and punch in Aspire Natural Health. You'll find us there. So a couple great more ways you can check out our free educational materials. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. If you that's you or someone you know, you can always contact us and schedule a free 15-minute consult with myself and find out if we are the right fit and we can help you out with your issues. So simply check us out, check out our website. Again, that's www.aspirenaturalhealth.com or give us a call at 425-202. 7849. You can set up that free 15 minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.